no. First time in show history. Sunday pour. We're back. Monday night. A little AFC West clash in the background. Not sure how you have a weather delay in a dome, but there's speculation as to what kind of dome this is. It's more of like a canopy. Uh, regardless, not important. Week four is wrapping up. We got a lot to discuss. Um, I'm going to start with a question right out of the gate. Oh. Is Bill Belichick's brain broken? <laughs> you don't like kicking there? 56-yarder in a rainstorm, Nick Folk. <laughs> don't, don't love it. Don't love it. Yeah, I don't, know what he's, he's, I don't know what he's doing. He's out thinking himself, getting too cute. I mean, of all the guys to make that, that bonehead call, I mean, he's one of the last guys in the league to expect to make it. I don't know. It uh, seems like an odd choice. It, it seems very odd. Uh, I'll tell you what makes it even worse. is not so much the 56-yarder in the pouring rain. It is the fact that if the kick goes in, there's 55 seconds on the clock, and the Bucks have two timeouts. Yeah. That's a good I point. I don't know. That's Maybe a good he point. really trusts his defense. I I don't know. I, but something, Brady didn't look great last night. I don't know. You say the, the weather, the rain, whatever. He's getting them in field goal range. Fifty seconds, oh, two yeah. timeouts. He's done it in that stadium a million times. I don't know why old Bill would think any different. If you get a first down there on fourth and three, I mean the game's on the line. Don't get me wrong. You get a first down there on fourth and three. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to run that clock down. Bucks have to start burn. Bucks have to start burning timeouts as soon as you get a first down there. Fourth if, and three. If Brady was his quarterback, he's going. Brady's not letting him not go for it. Fourth and three. They're absolutely going for it if yeah. Brady's the quarterback. Hmm. You think it, it, it can't be like a lack of trust in his quarterback? His quarterback looked pretty good yesterday. I don't know. I really don't know what he was thinking. That's why I'm trying to get to the bottom. Do you really trust Nick Folk? Do you I mean, love Nick Folk? You can't – well, that's probably not the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's in – a, in a stellar career, I guess you got to have one fart once in a while. Uh, he's had a few. I, I don't know. I'm not saying the luster has come off him a little bit, but – Playing it – is he think it's him? Is that playing it safe? He's got like the – I know Folk's like a veteran kicker. Is he playing it safe on some level? I don't know. Like you're, but yeah, what you said is absolutely right. Like giving the ball to Tom Brady is, with the game on the line is not a, not a great plan and under any circumstances. It's ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's crazier, giving the ball back to him or the 56-yarder in the ring. Both are equally insane. Yeah. That's, he, there's a misstep. He dropped the ball. There's like maybe like – a couple kickers in the league, Tucker and maybe, I don't know, Bucker. I'm not great on kickers. I guess Bucker's a good one. Like, there's like maybe two kickers in the league I try that with. Nick Folk is not even close to cracking the top two or three. <laughs> not Graham Gano. He's not on your list. Graham Gano is not trying that <laughs> field ball. I'm a little tired of the, the, uh, the Tucker 
like love fest. All right. He got, that was a gift. As a gift that should he should never have had the opportunity there. And we still did, we made talk, the kick. We talked about it ad nauseum last week, but it still bothers me that it was a missed call that even gave him the opportunity. But whatever. I mean, um, the officials, yeah, they're well, dying to throw okay. the flags on, you know, ticky tack ship. Then they're they're too busy not watching the clock. I guess I, I don't know what to tell you. Just give me like a buzzer. It's a shot clock. It's me buzzer. Yeah, I never even went back and watched the replay. I, I know they like to give you like a grace period on the on the uh, play no, I, clock. Oh, I'm going just having watched it live. I, I've I've never seen, I've not seen a replay of it. Since. Okay, I'm just going on based off watching it live. They gotta have a buzzer or something though. They need to do something. Yeah, it seems like an easy fix. I just mean in general because they are horrible right now. Oh, the refs in general, yeah. The refs are well, atrocious. They're they're better than the replacements, though, that we had a few years ago. I guess. How long ago was that now? Four or five years. Was that? I feel like it was longer. I feel like it was not that long ago. I, don't I know why. one person. One person that liked the the replacement refs. Who's that? And, uh, a friend of the program, Andy Bennis. Love the replacement refs. Oh, why? He's a fan of. Uh... Beat the Packers, they beat the Packers on a Monday night or something. The, that that Hail Mary, no, it has nothing to do with that. He just hates the regular officials so much <laughs> that, wow. that he liked the replacement rest. That is some that is some impressive spite. I like it. That is some, yeah, that is some reverse logic, but uh, yeah, spite would be spite would be the accurate word, I guess, in that case. Have you watched any of this Monday night game so far? Have you, did you watch at the start of it after the, the – I've been locked in. I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I've been watching it. Very strange. Charging up to a hot start, and then it's been all kind of middle-of-the-field stuff. But very strange to see this crowd. It's loud for both teams. Like they, yeah. Raiders already used two timeouts, and at least the second one was because of uh, they couldn't get the snap off in time because they couldn't – I don't think they heard Card clapping. It was just uh, well, it's LA. They're probably cheering for both teams. Yeah, I didn't. Um, well, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy that it's that even though. That, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it seemed like seen. it was more. I thought it seemed like it was more Raider fans. It's more even than I've ever like ever remember any field being. It might be more Raiders fans, but it's definitely more even. Uh, than I can remember any two teams being on the same field. That wasn't like a neutral site. I mean, San Diego's only, what, an hour or two south of L.A.? Like, why can't these people make the trip eight no, times not, a year? No, it's not far. Oh, that's a good, that's a good question, yeah. I mean, it's not like a baseball team moves and you got to – you know, it's eight times a year. They're doing yeah. everything to kill this over, whatever it is. Oh, man. Drive stalling at midfield. It's an overkiller. Defensive stops. Oh, yeah. Not, not what you want to see. Oh, everybody thought this was going to be a slugfest. No, nah, yeah. This, this feels like uh, – this feels like – what do you call it? What game was it? Chargers-Cowboys. Up and down the field, and you look up, and there's oh, yeah. like barely any points on the yep. board. Except, except that was middle of the day, and we, it, was the only, it wasn't the only game we were watching. So we weren't just looking like staring at seven nothing for 
Right. Just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, just, I, I thought Belichick was a little lost last night. Yeah. Odd. Really odd. Um, let's see. Any other coaching snafus yesterday you caught? Wow. Coaching snafus. Yeah. Um, while, we're the, while we're on the topic. Let's see. Let me do. Let me do a quick little rundown. Ravens ran up, ran up the score. Ran up. Oh, the- John Harbaugh. Did you have a problem with that? I mean, I wasn't really watching, but was it just to get like five extra yards? I mean, he's gonna just say. I think he just said like. Uh, so what happened was, in case nobody knows, like what happened was the Ravens have had X amount of games with a hundred straight yards, hundred yards rushing. Sorry, with hundred yards rushing, and yesterday would have tied the record, I think, which was held by the Steelers in the 70s. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. So it, it was in the running for the record, either tie the record or keep or keep pace. I don't know. It was what, to keep the streak going. Yeah, keep the streak of 100 yards going. Um, I don't really care. I, I don't like usually I'd, I'd have like a strong opinion, but I just whatever. It was five yards into the game. I don't really care. It's a stupid. It's a stupid way to, to keep the streak alive. But if it's that important to the team, and it's one play, it's not. Really, it's not running up the score. It wasn't like they're throwing fifty-yard bombs. No. You know, I just uh, you know, if Vic Pangio has a problem with it, I, I mean, score more than seven points, Vic. I thought it was a little bush league. Yeah, it's a little bit, but I mean, not I, even I, bush league as it is like just corny. That's the word for it. yeah, but I, and I don't care about corn corny stuff. Like if it's gonna be corny, it's gonna turn a blind eye to it. And say all right, you guys are corn dogs. Yeah, exactly. Just, just remember that when you want to bet the Ravens in the playoffs. That's the kind of team they are. Well, I think my Broncos pick should be rescinded because as soon as Drew Locke takes the field, I feel like tickets should be refunded because <laughs> I, I wasn't really locked into the four blocks too much because I went over to the Yankee game. Right, right. And um, so, but I, I, like, I would flip on red zone, and every time they went to the Denver game, Drew Locke was just throwing up prayers. <laughs> and he's terrible. He is terrible. I have a yeah. new appreciation for Teddy Bridgewater. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Drew Locke is. No appreciation for how bad Drew Locke is. Not good. That's something to keep in mind if Teddy's going to miss some time. Uh, I know Pittsburgh or Denver's in Pittsburgh this week, but Drew Locke, not the answer. Uh, let's see. Any other issues with the coaching? Uh, coaching. Um, Just going through. Anything uh, in Atlanta in that uh, in the Washington's comeback? Anything there that I might have missed? I mean, the thing about Atlanta is <laughs> – like, even – like, they find a way to just stick it to everybody. You know, the, the Washington's driving late in the game uh, down two, right? It's 30-28 Washington. Yep. No, 30-28 Atlanta. Atlanta, right, yeah. Atlanta's driving – excuse me, Washington's driving, and there's, like, under two minutes left. And if you're holding an Atlanta ticket – I'm pretty sure it went off at two. Okay. Right. The spread. I'm not sure where so, it went off at. No, I don't know. During the week, it was Washington point and a half. Yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, this dog. <laughs> At least it's not squeaking tonight. 
No, that's what she's going for. That's the problem. Oh. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Ruin the show again. <laughs> All right. So Atlanta, Washington's driving. Um, and you're thinking if you have an Atlanta, if you have an Atlanta ticket, right? I mean, if you have a Washington ticket, wait, where am I right now? <laughs> I'm all fucking flustered. Second straight goddamn show. You got to break that thing. Yeah, that couch probably just broke. Um, so even if you have an Atlanta ticket getting two points, you're thinking, all right, best case scenario, Washington's oh, no. going to kick a field goal and I'll still be able to cover <laughs> oh, no, no, you got to have all the squeak toys in the house. They got to go. Put them well, on. The I, oh. I shouldn't be having to fucking do this right now. It's a problem. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> all right, here upstairs. Adios. Wow. Now you just can't leave, or now you have to leave. No, nah, she's probably back. Put her. Um, the, put her right. Put her in the bathroom. Yeah, and then Taylor Taylor Haneke throws like the worst, like a like a screen pass on drugs <laughs> to JD McKissick. Okay, and somehow they score a touchdown and actually cover that number. Oh, God damn it! So yeah, I mean I don't know if that's necessarily uh, bad coaching. It was I mean they were probably going to lose the game anyways. They probably had a better chance. <laughs> Probably had a better oh, chance to uh, – fucking god damn it. <laughs> this is, it's off the rails. Cause off of the, the fucking rails. Because of the squeak toy. I'm coming over. I'm, I'm, I'm taking all the squeak toys and put them in the sewer. Yeah. So, Atlanta stinks. Uh, they're going to play in London. They should probably stay there uh, after their bye week, and that's that with Atlanta. Very excited for the Sunday, uh, for the Sunday uh, breakfast Wait. game. Oh, London, yeah, of yeah. course. Then, uh, yeah, then I, for me, like a Giants Cowboys coming, and that's. I mean, uh, the Giants, of course, gave me hope this week, which is uh, just You're setting, back in setting me up. No, but I mean, I, this is how it is. They 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 put a, it was a nice win on the road. They've had their losses are all close, you know. Uh, and this is just how it is. Like, of course, I'm going to go in like, oh, look. I, I see people putting on points against the Cowboys. I know that they have a pretty highly touted defense, right? They're better than they've, than they've been in recent years. But I see teams putting up points against them. Like, yeah, we can maybe run with them. Um, setting me up for disappointment, I know. But I just – I can't help but get on the bandwagon. So, here I am. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm ready. Uh, Saquon looks as good as he's ever looked. and. You know, I told you I was taking some of that toughness from Danny Jones from uh, two weeks ago and kind of making that my positive way of looking at things uh, from, you know, giant success standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, you know, come and, you know, bring your team back, however you do it, uh, on the road in a, in a tough environment. That's, I mean, that, that's a confidence builder no matter how you, no matter who it is, no matter how you, how you uh, whack it up. So, I mean, yeah. I'm on board. Now if, Now it's Dallas. Like, I'm not going to give up against Dallas. It's like, yeah, go beat fucking Dallas. Please. 
Then you'll be all the way back in. Start oh, thinking about yeah. the division. They take yeah. If they beat Dallas, I'll be I'll be talking about the division. You nailed it. Absolutely. Did you think easy. the game was over at twenty one ten? I didn't think they would come back. No. I really thought the defense played well yesterday. I was happy with the defense, but I mean they can't, you know, New Orleans is a pretty good offense, even you know, even though they are up and down. And I think they did as much as they could against that team. Um, considering that they just lost their leader, Blake Martinez, a week ago, they did pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, I did not think they were going to come back. No, I was not. Uh, I was not hopeful. I was just here. We go. It's going to be a miserable week again. Um, but team shows fight like that, and uh, you know we talk about this all the time, man. You got to learn how you got to learn how to win these games if you're going to win any kind of big game. You got to learn how to win the tough ones. And uh, after a few tough losses, they got this one in. And, you know, that's all, sometimes it's all it takes to kind of get you rolling. I, mean, I thought the game was over. The Giants punted in Saints territory down 11. Saints got the ball back with nine minutes left. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody didn't think the game was over. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. And then obviously they, the Saints go three and out. Saquon bomb, and then you know, the rest is history. Yep. I mean, the game played out how I thought it was going to play out. Like the Saints just handed the ball off to Kamara. They kind of played it safe. Jameis, what did Jameis throw a pick? He had to throw a pick, right? At least one. Uh, they throw a pick. I feel like they turned it over. I don't know, but it was kind of like a safe game plan. I thought play defense, and then uh, a little too yeah. safe if you're New Orleans. Really was. I wanted that. That, that, that really raised a lot of questions about that team. Because everybody was all in on the Jameis bandwagon after week one. Yeah. Even after last week with the Patriots, people were kind of back on the bandwagon a little bit. Like, okay, they're going to figure it out. But I, you wonder, but you're right, about that play calling and the conservativeness of it, really odd for a team at home. Maybe they, a, maybe they just thought the defense was going to bring it home against the Giants. Like, the Saints D, yeah, I guess. I mean, that D's good, but it's not like it's not a dominant unit. Probably grading them on like a little bit of a curve because there aren't really too many good defenses. I think they're one of the better units. They're not, they're not dominant, though. They're not going to No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, those kind of defenses are far and few between anyway this day and age. No, but. There's, there's, yeah, there's barely any. And the Giants offense, like, you know, Jones had some bad passes yesterday overthrowing receivers deep, but he also connected on, you know, enough deep balls to say at least he's, you know, taking those shots. And uh, if you, when, you, when, you, when, when they reel it in, it's pretty, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think I just you end up getting more questions about New Orleans in this one than anything. Because they're, they're a little bit of an enigma team. Because people, people – Will always, uh, will always kind of see New Orleans as a major offensive team, even when uh, they're not. No, but even even with like even with Michael Thomas out and Breeze long gone, the people will say, "Well, this guy's like next Michael Thomas," and they have this weapon and this weapon and Kamara and you know and you know everybody will point to Jameis's numbers and all the touchdowns he threw uh, in Tampa. And, you know, all the yards he's thrown for in his career. And they'll, they'll say, like, look, it, they'll just make an excuse. Not excuses, but I think people are just stubborn to kind of move on and give a team a new identity. So there's still people's minds, this offensive juggernaut, that they yesterday did not show anything of the sort. 
right? At a game where they probably should have kind of coasted. <laughs> What's that? They should have coasted. I thought twenty-one ten. Well, they 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 shouldn't have shouldn't have put the foot on the brakes. You know. They yeah yeah exactly. They should have been able to coast without going three and out. Right. Say. Well, yeah. it was twenty-one ten, but it wasn't like I mean, it wasn't like they got up to a big lead and just I mean th- those points were gained over four quarters. It wasn't like twenty-one ten after one or twenty-one nothing after one. You know. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's not it's not like they were it's not like they they stole at some point. They worked hard to get those twenty one points. Yeah, Saint yeah, the Saints have some issues. By the way, that Taysom Hill run was was incredible. That was awesome. You see the Which one, one was broke, the one that he, he scored? Broke like five tackles. I mean, they weren't like really tackling. They were kind of trying to strip the ball instead. But uh I mean he just bullied his way through. Yeah, he scored scored on it. See, I remember he was the one who went out there on third and Two in the drive that they punted up twenty one ten. Right, yeah. That's so I kind of blame him too. That's where you need him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the other New York football team, amazingly, oh, amazingly, yeah. Did you think that uh, Julio Jones, AJ Brown being out would have mattered at all against the Jets? Well, I mentioned it a little bit in passing on the show on Thursday, but Sunday morning I have some uh, a couple eyewitnesses who uh i was i was telling that that was going to be a big loss brown and julio yeah uh because the titans were a big pick in our uh in our what do you call it king of the hill pool yep so uh my brother had him in a survivor pool yeah i mean i'm with him in that one you guys and you guys picked the titans the jets team look like a professional team man you had the bills available, and you were saving them. I said, "You don't save teams; you just go with the best team." There's no saving. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Wait a second. Hang on a second. I never yeah. heard the word "saving the bills." I never did. Oh, it seems like it sounds like there's some chemistry issues then. No, no, I got no issues. Me and Jeff have a good thing going. I got no communication problem. issues. No, no, he, he he said. I mean, I'm not. This can sound like I'm pointing fingers, but this is how it happened. He said, "Ten." He said, "Tennessee." I said, go with it. That was it. That's that was the that was the conversation. I I gave. We've had we've had great success with that. That's I mean we went deep last year, and uh, the first three weeks were went smoothless, went seamlessly, and I don't even keep track of what teams we've kept we've we've picked. So <laughs> maybe I should. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I haven't done Survivor in a, in a a while, but one of my rules and rules are made to be broken. You got to break them, but I try to avoid road teams. Yeah, I can. And I also don't like saving teams. I, I know people try and get cute and they're like, they're not going to go with the highest point spread because other people are going to take them. Yeah. Just survive in advance. Yeah. Survive in advance. That's the name of the game. I can't worry about saving teams. Yeah. Next year. We'll get them next year. Well, this is, this is part of, this is like an addition onto the, on the pool where we pick, I don't even know what it's called. You pick every game every week against the spread. Yeah. Um, so this is that's an add-on to that. So you kind of get that buy one get one free with the pool. Right. So oh, all right, now one less pick I got to make next week. Well, two less picks because I'm out of King of the Hill too. <laughs> a couple of weeks off. A couple of bye weeks coming up. My first three and out in that in that pool is really embarrassing. Tough, tough year. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Other than that, I, mean, I, I didn't watch much four o'clock. No, I watched none of the four. Four o'clock. I watched none of the fours. I just went right to Yanks. Yeah. 
I mean, it was a playoff game. It was a heck. It was a heck of a football. It was a heck of a sports Sunday, really. I mean, between one o'clock and I was in the Giants game, and then right to the Yanks must win game, nail biter, and then you know night nightcap with uh, Brady's return to Foxborough. It was a pretty good sports day. It was wall to wall, wire to wire, not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Yanks. Uh, Oh, look, are we? Are we? Are we? Tra- you got anything else on football? Are we transition to baseball, or what? What do you want to do? Am I missing something here? Yeah, not really. I mean, I have other stuff, but I don't have to. It's not important. No, do you want to talk about the Browns and Vikings? No. Forty Niners and Seahawks. Uh, Trey Lance time. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, if he. Uh, if you had Week Four in your Trey Lance pool, he's here. I just saw something that Jimmy G might be available. To play, but being available and playing are two different. They have teams. a bye week six, so I would think they're going to be. They might be cautious. Right, cautious. The NFC West is very strange. It's like uh, San Fran own or no Seattle owns San Fran. I saw like yeah. they were twelve and two in their last fourteen or something. Okay, yeah. But then San Fran owns the Rams, and the Rams own the Seahawks. It's like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon in the <laughs> NFC West. Yeah. And Seattle plays the Rams this Thursday night. Everybody fucks each other. It's like uh, it's one of those uh, key parties from back in the 70s. Everybody's just fucking each other. Yeah. That's it. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, yeah. And, the, yeah, the Cardinals smoked the Rams yesterday in a game. I mean, every moron had the Rams. I'm saying that because I am one of those morons. Yeah, was that the- was uh, – wasn't much of a game. On the, I was on the Rams bandwagon. I don't, I don't know what to think now. But I guess they were coming off. They were coming off a big win, right? Going to play the Cardinals at well at home. They had the Cardinals at home. Yeah. Then they play Thursday, right? They play Seattle on Thursday. Is that right? Maybe looking ahead to Seattle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, know if it's looking ahead or what, but I mean that's. Well, McVay owns the Cardinals. He's eight and zero against them before yesterday. Oh, well. So that's a good I don't know. Maybe Arizona's good. I still think they're going to collapse at some point. I mean, uh, they're off to a pretty good start. They are. Kyler now the front runner for MVP. Oh, yeah. Into October. I'd see how far into October that lasts. Yeah. Who knows? So, so you think that you think in the long run, Rams will finish ahead of the Cardinals? Yeah, I came in not loving. The, well, I came in really not loving the Cardinals, but I came in skeptical about the Rams. But right now, to me, if I had to make a pick for that division, it would be Rams. All right. Yeah. I'm going Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in on the Rams. I, I don't know. Their defense is very good. I may, I'm just going to say they had an off day. I'm going to say Kyler just played out of his mind. And uh, I don't know. I think they'll rebound Thursday night in Seattle. Tough game. Toss-up game. I want to see their def- how their defense – because they usually give Russ issues. They killed him in the playoffs last year. Because the Rams are actually – you talk about the Saints, like how there's no good defenses and the Saints aren't that defense. Yeah. I mean, if there's one defense you could pick right now, would it be the Rams? Maybe not because of yesterday. Would it Definitely be Buffalo? Because yesterday. Uh, I don't know. Buffalo is the same thing. I did, they're not like – I think it might be Buffalo. I think they might be better than last year. Wow. Is it I mean, Pittsburgh? Uh, Pittsburgh's gonna, Pittsburgh's tough to judge because their their offense is kind of putting them in a yeah, tough spot them, right now. Yeah, it gives them nothing to to work with. 
Um, like San Fran's D, I thought was going to be good. They haven't been good. Bucks have holes. Broncos. Cleveland's defense might be good, but like I got to see more out of them. Broncos D is pretty good. They just again they get they're they're in a similar similar position as Pittsburgh. Just, but I think the Broncos D is pretty good. That's actually a really good question. Like one defense, if you needed to pick one defense with your life on the line <laughs> to stop right. a team from going, uh, you know, 80 yards or stop a team from getting in field goal range. Oh, I don't yeah. know if any defense could do that nowadays. It's like a yeah, I, would, I would ask for a different, different way out. <laughs> Guess for a time machine for like the 85 Bears or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to play that game with my life on the line. Might be the it might be the Rams. Still. I don't know. I got to see more. Maybe do the Rams have issues? Maybe just Kyler just played out of his mind. I still think, I think it would be the Rams or the Bills right now. Maybe it's the Chargers pitch, pitching a shutout. You know what? It's yeah, sometimes the answer is right in front of your face. The Chargers <laughs> do have Chargers have a pretty good defense. I think. Yeah, they do. They do. Which answer was right there. They're a dangerous team. I love watching Herbert, man. I really do. I love watching yeah. Gruden. As Gruden's in the sides, I love watching Gruden graze the sidelines. That guy, I don't know where he belongs, but he is not human. He's not of this time. I don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, Gruden just – and he never looked right in the uh, orange, the creamsicle, <laughs> no. buck colors. He's a raider. Uh, he's exactly where he belongs. This is probably – yeah, they, he was born to be a, a raider coach for 10 years. And not win a thing, but You're right to make to make it very exciting. He had to go to he had to go to Florida like LeBron, That's get his it. ring. That's it. Now he's back. Now he's back. He's the returning son. Uh, I'd give anything. I mean, it's following the LeBron playbook. I wouldn't mind seeing a Raiders championship with this with this uh, squad with Gruden at the helm. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I do want to see Super the Bowl. Win. Marcus Allen, Super Bowl 20. Sheesh. No, Super Bowl 20. Super Bowl 18, 17. Wow. 18. I would say 18. I'll settle on 18. It's been a while. Yep. Not going to make many believers uh, tonight unless they make a little, little drive here. Yeah, I gave Vegas out as a pick, and now I, I, I let the home field influence me too much. Yeah, no, me and your brother, we um we had a rough weekend. We we're like, well, how do we how do we pick tonight? Like this is let's get back on track. Just take the points, you said, right? No, I said I'm well no, because we think about it like morons. We're like we think about it like psych- psychologically. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm kinda high in Vegas, so I think that means you gotta take the Chargers. And he was like, Yeah, I was leaning in Vegas too, so let's go Chargers. <laughs> we basically spent against our faded team. your brain. That's a yeah. risky move. Yeah. Well, and this is a tough game. There's two really good teams and uh, two teams I do like, so it made it a little tougher. I didn't have. I figured it was a coin flip game. Just I mean, to take the points. Not o- not over yet. Yeah. Plenty of football. Plenty of football. I guess that's what Vegas wanted you to think. So Yanks got their Yanks got their one game wild card. Their we're annual one game wild card. Yep. We're going to Boston. Garrett Cole has been struggling for months. Take the mound, the ace against Nathan Avaldi, who got rocked. I believe he rocked him the last time we saw him last weekend, right? Who's that? Uh, Avaldi. 
Did we see him last weekend? Friday we... night. He played, He pitched against Cole in the, that Friday night game. And we lit him up, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, still don't love our chances because Cole's been so shaky. Well, let's talk about yesterday's game, first of all. So, well, yesterday... well, you, want, you want the good news or the bad news before we get into bad news. the game? Bad news, of course. Bad news, I don't have a lot of confidence in the wild card game. I could, I could deal with you not having confidence because I don't have any confidence, so that's fine. What's the good news? The good news, good news is we did not have to go up to Toronto on Monday to get our asses kicked. Yes. That would have been even more embarrassing. Yeah, very yes. Cool. So now we only have to win one game, one one-game playoff instead of two. Right. Right. So that's good. That's the good news. Well, three. Um, right. Well, no, because he would have lost that first one again yesterday. If you lost that one, that would have been the first. And you would have been 0-1 in yeah. games you had to win. So, that's not good. Yeah. But more bad news, unfortunately. <laughs> if we – if we were, if were, even if we pull it out in Fenway tomorrow, I'm going to – I'm going to – I don't know how long I'm going to enjoy it before I come crashing down to earth and realize that we can't beat Tampa. <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, you know – I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the time where we just kick Tampa's ass, and it's just never. It never seems to come. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'm looking for positive signs. The judge getting on Glaber for not hustling. Like, is that a positive sign? Judge getting like game one sixty one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, uh, whatever. Whatever gets his head, you know, into like that leadership role that that team just kind of desperately needs. Yeah. There's one guy in that clubhouse that's. Outside of Cole, there's not one guy in the clubhouse that has any sort of leadership. And you got to have one guy in the everyday roster, everyday lineup that's, or, you know, whatever Boone thinks is appropriately uh, putting them in the lineup, that you got to have one guy that's kind of in a leadership role. I think Judge has been the guy that people have looked for for ages, but I don't think he's ever actually taken that role. Um, so no, maybe, not that I've seen. Maybe that's the start of something. Maybe he's sick. Hopefully he's sick of fucking losing in October. and. Hopefully him and Stan can turn it on. And, you know, Stan, they both had really good years. And, and I think you got to eat your words a little bit on Judge because his last two months were really good. And the reason that they are where they are is pretty much because of Judge and Stan, too. And, I'm, you know, we, have, we both have, have to have a mea couple with Stan, but he has to show us what he's made of now. Now is the time for Stan to show up. You know, we, we love it when he uh, has two weeks in the regular season where he's dominant and hits bombs. but then. Two weeks after that, he's, he looks like he's never swung a baseball bat in his life. And that's, like, incredibly mind-boggling to us. Well, it's very symbolic of the team because sure. yeah. they – I mean, everyone talks about roller coaster ride, up and downs, Jekyll and Hyde. Yep. The, I mean, the problem with that is in October, you can't really – can't really get away with the whole roller coaster thing. You know, a two-game losing streak in October may as well be 10. You know, it's it's – you kind of have to get hot for the month. And I don't know if this team's capable. I mean, they, I don't think they're capable. Um, but, I mean, obviously you got you to gotta crawl before you can walk. And yeah. you got to win in Fenway tomorrow. Uh, what would be your number one worry, Cole? Uh, Cole Boone, puts us in like a cup. I think Boone's my number one worry. If we're actually put in a position to win, like if Cole does his job and the offense does his job, then, I, you know – then it's just Boone who can kind of snatch victory first. 
whatever. What's the what's the thing? Snatch victory. From Snatch the, victory from the jaws of defeat. Snatch defeat. Or defeat from, from the, the victory. Yeah. Yeah, snatch a lot of snatching. A lot of snatch. See, I put I put Cole number one because I feel like Cole's performance is it's like a trickle down effect. Sure. If Cole goes out there and can only give us four innings, five innings, mm. you know, the worse Cole is, the more Boone has to manage. Yeah. Yeah. If Cole just goes out there and takes the ball and gives you seven innings, Boone doesn't have to do as much. That's true. So that's I fair. think I, that's why Cole's my number one worry because it's a, it's a it's a trickle down it's a trickle down Ponzi scheme. Cole, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a scheme where we where we the Yankee fan gets fucked because Cole gives us three four innings and gives up a few runs. You know, then you have uh, you know the Wandy Peraltas and the Severinos oh, yeah. and the like that. You don't you don't want Boone. You don't want Boone to start managing in like the fourth inning. Oh. We're not, you're not getting out of that game alive. No. no. So Boone versus Cole would be like Cole number one, and then the, the managing mismatch of Boone versus Cole would be number two. Then number three would just be like they, you know, they do the thing where they grip the bats too tight and they get down early and they press against the Baldy and you look up and he's got like a two hitter going in the seventh. It drives me nuts because even yesterday. You could see, like, even yesterday when with runners on uh, second and third and judge up, he took a hack at a pitch like he was trying to crush it. I mean, eventually, the, the, the last part of his at-bat, it was just kind of poking the other way, kind of found the right place. He didn't feel like he weighed enough time to score. Yeah. You don't have to swing from your heels that position. That's something that you see the, the best ball players they never do that. The, the ball players that you want up in that position, they, they never do that, you know. Situational hitting. Do you think in a in a big game that meant something for Tampa, uh, Cash walks Judge there? Hey, I was thinking about that. I don't know. I don't. I'm not I sure. have a theory. What's your, what's your theory? As I as I kind of mull over the question. My theory is, I don't know what Kittredge's history is. All these. Nick Anderson, like all these guys blunt together on Tampa. They're all yeah. the same guy. Peter yeah. Fairbanks, they're all the same you know, oh, clone. Peter, Peter Fairbanks stands alone. <laughs> you got the eyes there. Yeah. So I don't know what Kitcher's history is with Judge. He could have faced them one time, 50 times. I think Cash looked at it as, you know what? Kittredge is one of my A relievers. He may be having to face Judge and you know a lot bigger at bats coming up in October. Let me see what he got, what he has against them in this spot right now. That's almost fair. like a dress, almost like a dress rehearsal. And him though, Cash knowing in the back of his mind, if we lose here, who the fuck cares? We're the Not number the one end. overall seed. Not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost like a like a measuring stick for Kittredge. Could be. He was able to kind of like mess around a little bit, knowing yeah, that the game yeah. didn't mean anything. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe he wanted to let the Yankees in. Maybe he finally came around like, this team can't even score a run against us. They've scored five runs in three <laughs> games. Like, maybe we should try and get them into yeah. the playoffs. We're <laughs> better off with them in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see Toronto. That's, yeah, that's a possibility. So I think that's what cool. – <laughs> in, in, in that same – if that same exact situation comes up, Let's say, like, in the ALDS, same exact situation. Zero, zero, second and third, one out, judge coming up. 
there's no way he's not walking Judge and setting up Stanton for the double play. If he hits a ground ball, it's an easy yeah. you know, 6 4 3. Yeah. I think he just knew he didn't need the game. And, uh, you know, not that he was trying to lose. I think he just wanted to see Kittredge face Judge. That's fair. That's the best possibility. Just kind of, yeah, kind of seeing what you got. Like a scouting report. Not, and also not showing your cards too much, you know, not showing your hand. Just kind of letting the game play out rather than uh, getting strategic about it. You know, yeah. so, uh, thing, you know, same thing happened. I don't know. So, so it happens again in a week. Um, Yanks, don't know what to, Yanks don't know what to expect or what's coming. So it could be something along those lines. Yeah. A little, little gamesmanship. That's all. That's all it was. Yeah. Do you have a uh, you have a prediction for the lineup? Prediction? I have a lineup written down. Oh, well, I don't have a prediction. I mean, I do have a lineup, but I – all right. Here's, I think Glaber is going to be leading off. I think they like that. Glaber will be batting one. At second base. At second, yes. Yeah. Rizzo at first. Yep. Judge and Wright. Yep. Stanton, D.H. Four for four. Gallo left. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I, I, this is where Gio – Oh, uh, wait a second. Will Gio be playing third? I think that's the only debate right now. Okay. If you go Gio at short, Odor at third, or Gio at third, Velasquez at short. It's going to be weighted short if they do it that way. I disagree with that. You don't think – I mean, that's why I don't, I don't want it. No, I, I, no, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I'm not saying I disagree. I, I just – I would not want that. So the bottom four would be Gio Gardi, Gashioka, Velasquez, or Gio Gardner, Higgy, Odor. Yeah. You don't think they'll play Odor at third? I think o- I think they're gonna play and I think Odor's probably the better play. But he's gonna get pulled early for defense. Yeah. And it he- should and it should be Velasquez that goes in to play short and you move Gio to third and you save Wade for a potential pinch running spot. Yes, that that is the way to do it. But that's, that's the the proper way to manage. That's not how he's that. Do it. That's not how he's going to do it though. You think he'll put Wade in it? I, I, that to me is just that makes. Well, you no know, sense. he's done. He's done it. He's done it. You don't need to like guess. You to <laughs> change your heart from the past hundred and sixty-two games. And then you're burning. Your, you're burning. Your like last yesterday was the way you used Tyler Wade. Yeah. In the ninth inning. When you need him on the base pass, yeah. You need- That's it. Yep. Four O'Dor, yeah. Um, Four O'Dor. Yeah, because O'Dor. So even, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what I think. But we'll see. That, that'll probably be the starting. Now, it comes down to O'Dor or Velasquez, I think. Is Velasquez on yeah. the roster right now? He is, right? He was. He yeah, they, they brought him up Saturday? this weekend, yeah. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. He played on Saturday. They brought him up this weekend. Yeah. So I think that's what the I think that's what they'll do. Odor at third. I could be wrong though. And they'll have a quick hook on Odor defensively. Yeah, they'll they want him to get his hacks against Evaldi. I don't I can't argue with that. Right. 
Um, see the rest of the the, the other. Uh, the other wild card game, we got Cardinals Dodgers, the 105 win Dodgers. 106. <laughs> 106 win, sorry. Uh, shorted them. Uh, what are your, what, I mean, I know everybody's going to have an opinion on uh, 106 win Dodgers playing the Cardinals, you know, in a one game playoff. Uh, what is your feeling on, on all that? 10, you know, the hit them. First of all, nobody had the format. Play. Yeah, exactly. Nobody had the Giants winning ninety games this season. Crazy, uh, and they had a hell of a, they had a hell of a season. Um, I saw something that could have been wrong. I think I thought I said I saw forty to one for them to win the division. That seems kind of high, but I'd have to go back. I thought I saw that as like a graphic on ESPN today or something. It's not or MLB a, Network. It's not that crazy. I mean, true because the Dodgers are probably huge favorites and the Padres were right behind them. Yeah, it's not that crazy. And the, all right. and the Giants had – I mean, nobody had any kind of belief in the Giants at all. So All right. So the whole 106-win team versus a 90-win team, however many of the Cardinals won. So in the American League, it's easy because the Red Sox and Yankees have no gripe because under the old format, they would still be playing this game because they finished with the same record. Right. So this game would be happening regardless. So I don't want to hear any Yankee or Red Sox fan cry about best of three. No. Uh, I I don't want I don't want it to go to best of three. By the way, either I think I think there's already enough of a break between the final day of the regular season to when the division series starts. Mm-hmm. It, it's there's already plenty of time. The fact that like the Braves and Brewers have to wait till Friday, it's that's a, that's I mean that's a long time for a game of baseball. Baseball. You know, baseball is such a rhythm game. Yep. Um. So I don't. I mean, the only the only way to fix it would be get rid of divisions and just do uh, like NBA style kind of. Even though NBA technically has divisions, nobody actually follows the divisions in the NBA. Like, do fifteen teams, and I guess you'd have to get rid of the unbalanced schedule and just do top five teams. Top three get a bye to the division series, and then four versus five uh, play each other in the uh, wild card game. That and, and and I'll tell you who it's also unfair to is the Giants. I mean, the Brewers get to play the Braves. Yeah. And the Giants could be looking at Scherzer and Bueller, you know, yeah. games one and two. Um, yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure uh, how to fix it. No. Th- it's not, it's you, not doing a best of three, though. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. You, you had hit the nail on the head. This is – got to abolish divisions at this point and just do National League, American League. That's, that's it. If you're going to do with this, there's all this, this wild card shit, that's what it has to be. It's not as much. So what do you th- What do you think about the top team, like the Giants, getting to pick their opponent, like after the wild card game? So let's say the Cardinals win, they could pick either the Cardinals or Braves, or I guess technically they'd be able to pick Brewers too. Because did you see what would have happened if uh, there was a four way tie? Right. Then you could pick. Right. So the top team could pick. Either where they played or who they played, right? So the Red Sox had right. first pick, and they picked home, right. I think. Yeah. And then Toronto had second pick, and I forget. They picked home. Right, and then the they Yankees had pick. third pick, and they picked the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. So that does add, like, a little bit of a wrinkle. Like, I wonder if the Giants should be able to pick – their opponent, or T- and Tampa should be able to pick theirs. I mean, it really should just be record. 
Just go by record. Best record. So you, okay, so you think Dodgers win Wednesday. The Giants should open up with Atlanta. Right, and the Brewers. And it should be Dodgers-Brewers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you think do you think the Dodgers should get home field in that series? Um, hmm. I don't think a no, wild card team not. could get. No, I guess home. not. No, they wouldn't. I mean, that's in in the current format. No. They, they I'm trying to think if the Dodgers went to the World Series and played, say, like the White Sox. I think technically the white don't the White Sox get home field because they're a division winner. I'm not sure if a wild card team can get home field in a series unless it's against another wild card team. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how it works. Who won the All-Star game this year? We don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I that, that I don't know. But right. And if the Dodge, let's say it's Dodgers Braves in the LCS, the Dodgers would be on the road. Even though they won like twenty something more games in the Braves, <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's a flawed system. And this is the first time the Dodgers and Giants have met in the playoffs, or it would be uh, if they if the Dodgers get by the Cardinals. Uh, I think technically because nineteen fifty one, the Bobby Thompson game was technically one game. Uh, game one sixty three. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, right. Playoffs. Which is technically what these wild card games are. They're fucking plans. I don't call them play. It's not a playoff game. The right, Yankees yeah. get bounced. They didn't get in the playoffs. As far as I'm concerned, either. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to say it on the field. It's going to say, you know, 2021 playoffs or whatever the fuck. But we know that we know it's not really there. Playing. Get the playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cardinals, Dodgers. I, I mean, Do- the Dodgers deserve to be favored. They have Scherzer going, right? Scherzer pitching? Is, is Scherzer Wainwright? Is that what's going on? I think it's Scherzer Wainwright. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, no Muncie. Yeah. You saw what happened to him. Hyperextended yeah. arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the – listen, I'm not going to tell – I don't know if I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Cardinals are going to win, but I've seen the Dodgers favored by a decent amount. I've seen them as high as like minus 225. I'd say the Cardinals are a live dog in this game, and the value bet would be – the Cardinals. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but Wainwright, you know, they have a little – the Cardinals just have a uh, – you know, they have like a pedigree. They have – there's certain teams that just – it's like it's in the fabric. You know, it's in the DNA. And, and the sure, Cardinals are kind of one of those teams. And Scherzer can get hit too. Scherzer can dominate. Scherzer, yeah, he can get that long ball. Yep. He's susceptible. As good as he is. And he's one of the best. He is susceptible. You know, and, and Wainwright's not – you know, don't sleep on Wayne. Wayne, I can go out there and give you seven innings. Like he's gonna, he's a workhorse. You know, thirty-nine years old, but he'll go out there, one hundred twenty. He's done it in the regular season. He's one of the few guys, actually, just I know from fantasy who has actually pitched a couple complete games this year. Yeah. So they're gonna rot. They're not. They're gonna wide. They're not gonna. I don't think um, like Schilt is that his name. Mike Schilt, Schilt, whatever the fuck his name is. Glasses. He's. <laughs> I don't think he's going to run to his bullpen if Wainwright's pitching, uh, you know, a two-hitter like in the sixth inning. I think he's going to ride him for as long as he can, especially because the Cardinals have some issues in that pen. Like yeah. that dude Reyes, who was their closer, like they, they, he, they rode him as the closer way too long this year. 
I think they had the Gallegos uh, closing games now. So they're going to, they're going to, it's not going to be like a Boone situation or, you know, cash with the Rays, like running to the pen. They're going to try, they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to keep Wayne right in the game as opposed to do everything they can to get him out. For sure. Uh, so uh, I think the Cardinals are the live dog, but, you know, seven, you know, seven, three Dodgers is, is very likely also. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, I give the Cardinals a shot, though. I mean, no one's been hotter, right? Do you know um, who was the only 20-game winner in baseball this year? Was it Ur- Urias? It was, yeah. Yep. 20 on the dot? Urias, yeah, 20 and 3. Wow. You know who the second in wins was? Second in wins. Well, can't beat DeGrom because I'm not sure he has 20 in his career. Point <laughs> mm. <one> ERA. <laughs> um, is, it ni- is 19 the number? No. The number is 17. Is it Wainwright? <laughs> yeah, it's Wainwright. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Wainwright had a nice year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you, you may be seeing Julio Urias in tomorrow's game or Wednesday's game. Right? I mean, all hands on deck. They have, uh, put, he, that's where he started out, kind of coming out of the pen, right? That was always his thing. Well, then um, he, I think he closed out the World Series last year. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, different. Uh, oh, well, okay, I'm not sitting here talking wax poetic about the old days, but one one twenty game winner. It's odd. One twenty, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that would now with the when may, you may see more twenty game winners in the future if they get rid of the five innings rule, which sure. I think is coming. Uh, so yeah, not not a whole. Uh, who are the Cy Youngs going to be? It's Ray versus Cole in the AL and the NL. I, I don't even. I have no idea. I have no idea. None. Yeah, me neither. Who gives a shit? Um, Do you know how many batters finished with a 300 average or above? Uh, not a lot, I'll tell you. How many? 15? 14. <sighs> All right. Michael Brantley, I noted. Brad, yeah, Bradley's one of them. Well, I don't even know who won the batting titles. It was uh, it was Tim Anderson up there. Uh, no, Tim was Timmy was seventh overall. Um, in the AL, in the AL, it was Yuli Gurriel. Oh yeah, that's right, Yuli. Yeah, in the NL, it's Trey Turner, bat three twenty eight. Wow. Yeah, batting average. Yeah, I remember betting. I mean, Lemayhu last year had a big time average. Yeah, yeah. You so I guess it's hurt all year. I mean, not, uh, yeah, it was kind of a soft exit from the season. I think he was playing hurt. Lemayhu, DJ. Yeah, could have been. I mean, sports hernia. It's a rough injury. I think yeah. I wouldn't plan on seeing him. No, we're we'll see in spring training. I think. Yeah. Uh, you have a well. I think we could save the NL predictions for Thursday's show, but 
White Sox Astros starts Thursday afternoon, probably. 4.07, yep. Oh, it's already. That's what I so got here. Tampa's going to be. Tampa's going to be a uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock against whoever. Yep. Tampa could thank Boston and New York for that. It's the only way you're getting fucking prime time. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> yeah, they might. They might think of the World Series. Might they might get a two o'clock start? The, yeah. On Wednesday. Uh, so let's see. Thursday is October seventh. Yep. ESPN has it four oh seven. Lance McCullers versus Undecided. I'm going Houston in four. And four, I know four is kind of the safe pick, but mm-hmm. I was debating four or three. Uh, this is the thing about the White Sox. <laughs> Are they the Twins? Are they the Twins? Are they, are, did they win just a shitty division? Um, or are they – I mean, if they're the Twins, they're getting swept. I, I think they're a little better than the Twins. But I don't know, man. They were in cruise control for a long – I know because I had them as an over-under, and they were 20 games over 500 for months. They just played 500 baseball, and I think they knew they could just get away with it, and they coasted. Now, there is a chance that they flip the switch, but it's a team that we've never seen in this spot. So I can't just say, oh, yeah, they're going to flip the switch now. Also, another red flag, 40 and 41 on the road. Losing record on the road. You're playing games one and two in Houston. Another red flag. I'll give you another red flag. (laughs) Game one, okay? Game one, 4-3 Chicago, heading into, you know, bottom of the eighth. Mm -hmm. Kimbrell and Liam Hendrick, are they getting you six outs? (laughs) I'm going to lean towards no. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Much as I would like to pick the White Sox in this series, I think I could do it. I'll go. I'll go. I'll say it's going the distance, though. Five. Yeah. Astros Chicago five. feels. It feels like. I mean, they had the talent. You know what I mean? I know it's a. I'm like copying out, but they had the talent to win the series. Mm-hmm. But that that pen scares me. Hen, I mean, Hendricks and Kimbrell. Against Altuve and Correa, like guys who are just money players. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The White Sox almost strike me as like whenever you have like these mismatches in football or basketball or something, even baseball, I guess you could apply this too. And you're like, ah, you got to play from the head. You got to, like, I feel like the White Sox like win game one. I don't know if they're coming. Like I don't know if they're coming from behind. I, I think I like. It wouldn't surprise me if the White Sox, the one game they got, would say game one. Yeah, have starters. Uh, you said McCullers and who? It's. I said it's undecided. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know. I got to see who's on normal rest. I'm assuming they lined up their rotation, but it would be Giolito, right? I don't think so. Is Giolito and Lynn and Keiko? Is that the Am I missing anybody? We're going. Oh. Uh, that's their four starters probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, not a bad, it's not a bad rotation, but and who knows how La Russa kind of plays it. Astros pitching staff isn't 
as strong as it once was. You know, no Verlander there, no Cole. Yeah. Morton's gone. Keuchel's obviously with Chicago. Uh, but, you know, McCullough's a veteran. I guess if you want to make a case for the White Sox, it's Houston's pitching isn't as good as it once was. Still, that is still a battle-tested team. Yeah, that's the problem. There's a do the White Sox have a switch? Is the yeah. I mean, it's they've been playing those shitty AL Central teams like just forever now. You know, they didn't play well against the Yankees when they played them. Uh, they didn't play well against Tampa, I feel like, in September or August. I feel like they've kind of – I think they lost the season series to Houston 4-3 or 5-2 I was reading. Mm-hmm. So haven't really performed against good teams. I don't know. I don't think they're as bad as the Twins. You know, Twins won 100 games. Didn't the Twins win 100 games multiple years, like 18 and 19? Just about out, yeah. And they looked – I mean, they were so overmatched in the playoffs. Yeah, the Sox could, White Sox could be one of those kind of bully teams you talk about. It's kind of – they're loud, a little bit loud, boisterous. They like to beat up on teams. But when the going gets tough, that's when, uh, you know, their true colors show and they kind of cower. Well, who – you know, that'll be that'll – Well, be that's the hard too. thing. That's the hard thing to handicap is we've never – I mean, we saw them last year against Oakland, but that was the three-game fake playoffs. Yeah, you know, that yeah, this is matter. new. This is a new, different team. This is really their first, uh, like October. Yeah, yeah. This is their. This is their. I'm declaring it their first October. Yeah. So Giolito pitched. <laughs> Giolito pitched Saturday, so that would line him up for Thursday. Lynn. You might like Lynn. I don't know. I got to see when Lynn pitched. If Lynn pitched Friday, that would line him up for game one. Uh, see, Lynn pitched Friday. That tells me Lynn game one, Giolito game two. Oh, see, all right. Here, breaking news from Yahoo. It's not breaking uh, news. It came out at 228. But it says White Sox general manager Rick Hahn said Monday that the team is undecided on whether to start Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito in game one. So that tells you one of them's going in game one, one of them's going in game two, and then I'm assuming Keiko, or I guess you can go Rodon. Rodon. Yeah. It seems less than Keiko pitched. Uh, Keiko had a 5-2 ADRA, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's uh, – he's probably he's four if need be or – He's uh, he's four if they're up to one of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodon pitched September 29th. Well, here, this says White Sox general manager Rick Hahn said Monday that they remain optimistic Carlos Rodon will be able to contribute during the playoffs. Oh. Has he been? Oh, yeah, I thought he got yanked early recently from a start. Oh. All right, so they got a little. They got some question marks. Play from ahead, Chicago. Steal game one. Bottom it's gonna one. <laughs> play from ahead and try to be up more than one or two in the late innings with Kimbrel and that fucking goof Liam Hendricks closing games. <laughs> you gonna you gonna need all the runs you can muster. Yeah, no, nah, I do not. I do not trust their eighth and ninth inning to, to feel safe. Yeah. 
So, all right. All right. Well, yeah, we'll do the NL on Thursday. Uh, yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do on Thursday. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but depending on what's going on Thursday night, I'm not sure when we'll come on exactly, but we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, until then, I think we're going to wrap it up. What do you think, Ant? You I, uh, yeah. Empty the tank? Empty. The tank's empty. All right. Well, as always, thanks for spending time with us here Sunday 4. We'll be back here on Thursday. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, talk to you later in the week. All right. Well, we'll just say from this point on, um, there's <laughs> spoiler the- alert. Yeah, this is just a warning. Spoiler alert, you dork. Um, warning, we'll, we will be talking about the Sopranos movie. It came out on Friday. Um, so if you don't want to hear about it, don't want to hear plot points and all kind of shit, now's the time. Shut us off, come back, go watch the movie, come back, and then you can listen to us then. We'll be here. It's a time capsule. Yeah, absolutely. Until one of us, until one of us uh, makes it big, then we wipe everything clean. So uh, we're gonna have to do some cleaning, some scrubbing. Can't, can't be canceled uh, uh, in the retrospect or whatever. Um, yeah, so I watched it Friday. Took the day off from work on Friday. What to see? Eleven a.m. showing, um, and I did watch it again on Saturday night um, for a second time around. Yeah. So I yeah I was similar. I watched it. Friday night at home at about midnight after I'd gotten back from watching uh, Sebastian at the casino. Nice job by Sebastian. Opener was very funny too. A guy named Pat McCann. Shout out to him because he was really solid 15 minutes. Nice. Um, so I watched it late night Friday. And then, you know, it was late. So I had to go back and do it again Saturday a little bit earlier. Like this was like a more of a nine thirty, ten o'clock start time. Um, so we talked about it in between viewings a yeah. little bit on Saturday. Yeah. Um, where do you, where do you stand now after the second viewing? I know you weren't as high on it the first time. Uh, I, Have you wavered at all? No, I softened a little bit. Like, I, I didn't hate it as much. But, I mean, there's some point. There's some parts about it that are just atrocious. It's re- I, didn't love, <laughs> I didn't love the story. To me, the whole movie was a mess. They didn't know what they wanted to do with Tony, with Dickie. They didn't commit to, like, they didn't, to, to me, they didn't commit to it being a Dickie story, even though they tried to. And then they, they wanted to, like, weave in the Tony stuff. But... I mean, we saw Tony and Dickie together all of, like, three times when he was a kid and, like, twice when he was older, like an older kid. Uh, and then, you know, this is a guy who lives in Sopranos lore, Dickie Moldesani, that is. And I don't – I really don't think they gave him a good – a fair turn as a character. I really don't. I don't – I didn't love the actor either. To be I, uh, Second time around, that was, like, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me that didn't stick out the first time. One of the things I did was that I really didn't think he did a great job. I didn't love the actor. He didn't bring the character to life for you. No, he didn't. He didn't. 
I also didn't like how they used like the Sopranos world. I thought that going in, we talked about expectations, you and me did um, uh, the other day. And mm-hmm. what I expected going in was not a Sopranos movie. Like I expected it to be of that world, of course, but I expected and expected to have like whiffs of Soprano stuff. This movie could not leave alone the show at all. It was it was there constantly from the first time. Well, we the first time we Dicky, I think it's it's one he picks up his father at the boat. Then the next time we see him, there he's like chasing down somebody, and he's in he pulls up in his car, and he says to the guy, you know, the guy tells him to go fuck himself. He's like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm the guy who took somebody's eye out for talking like that. Which is a, t- a story that they tell in The Sopranos. Jilly Ruffalo. Right. So, yeah. So, you know it. But yeah. from that point on, they could not let go of the references to the show. It was egregious how many times they referenced things in the show. I mean, whether it was like Uncle Junior saying uh, the varsity athlete thing or the, or the sisters or just cursing like sisters cunt. Like, <laughs> They said that once in the whole show, I think. He said twice in two hours in the movie. It was ridiculous. Um, I didn't like. I did, I really didn't like that. Um, uh, There's a few other things. Oh, like you know, like showing the whole thing where where Giant Soprano like shoots through Olivia's hair. Mm-hmm. Like that's a story. Like you, could, you guys couldn't come up with anything else. Like this, we, I, I didn't need to see stories that I'd heard kind of reenacted. You know, like it just didn't, I didn't, it wasn't necessary to, 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 to play it that way for me. So you thought it was uh, a lot of fan service? A lot of fan service from a guy who I never expected it from. Like I expected a gangster movie and I expected like a couple, you know, like light references to this, to the show. And again, I didn't, you didn't know. Ex- I, you didn't expect to be like slime, like Nickelodeon constantly. Oh, I, yeah, it was a pie to the face. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And then Mark Summers, yeah. I think my least favorite part, and going back and watching, I think my least favorite part was is Silvio. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I can't like rank my least favorite parts, but one of my least favorite parts is Silvio. I guess was it the the cartoonishness uh, of of the character? Yeah, everything. It's just, it's like a it's a, it's like I went to Vegas to watch like a knockoff Soprano show, like live on stage. Like, like I know. So there's a couple of things like I compared it to. Like one was, um, like the Rat Pack used to have the you know used to have like a, a Frank impersonator, Dean impersonator, Sammy impersonator, and they'd go around like clubs and they'd sing and do like their little act. That's what those guys reminded me of. These little hack nightclub singers, which was fine in that setting because you know what you're getting. But this was supposed to be like in the movie. It's supposed to be you know true to that world. And to me, it was just a cheap knockoff of it. And the other thing it reminded me of is after like Goodfellas Casino and even like in the time of Sopranos when, the, when those all were like took off. Yeah. There was like a bunch of like bad knockoff movies and they all starred like Frank Vincent and Tony Sirico and like Big Pussy, you know, and guys like that. And they're all atrocious and all overacted, all guys doing like, te- like bad Italian American accents. And there's a lot of that going on in this, in this movie to me. There's a lot of those, uh, like, like, so the guy who plays Dickie, like, it's sitting down with young Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's trying to set him straight, right? 
And just in the middle of the conversation, he drops an O. But like, like an O is a reaction to something. <laughs> an O isn't like a, it's not something you're saying to somebody. It is, but I mean, it's not something that comes out first. It's like, I'm saying something. It was, a, it was an unprovoked O. It was very strange, very out of place. And even the guy who played Johnny Boy, he said like something about those two, those two, those two stunards, uh, Sonny and Cher. I'm like, oh, so it's so egregious. Like, there's nothing authentic about it. That, I mean, they sat around and saturated in that show a million times, and I don't think one time I thought that's that is unauthentic. I mean, whether it was you know the early days, whether it was like the Richie years, or the Ralphie years, or the Tony B years. Every everything in there seemed authentic to me, mm-hmm. but not like, everything here seemed just forced and faked. And uh, man, is it is it possible, Chase? You know, it's been you know the show went off the air in two thousand seven. Yeah, and I don't know when he started writing this show, but it's fourteen years when he started writing this movie. But it's fourteen years later. Is it possible he lost his fastball? Um. I don't know, because he never, I mean, he never made it big in the movies. He never wrote, a, like, a great movie that I know of. Uh, the show, he had the great right, idea for the show. Right, but I feel show. like writing is writing, though. Yeah, but he had the great idea for the show, and then, you know, once the show gets going, it's like a team of writers. It's not just him writing every episode, you know? So this is like Bel- he's like Belichick, and he doesn't have his quarterback anymore. He needed his team. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so I'm a little I'm a I'm not quite as down on it. First of all, I had very low expectations. I didn't first of all I didn't want a movie to begin with. But then like once once I didn't but but once it comes out, it's like it's a prequel. Okay, it's a prequel. I can live with that. And obviously what am I gonna do? Not watch it and boycott right. the thing? Of course right. not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I mean I I I pumped myself up, but it was more like like not anxiety, but anticipation like i wanted to just see what we were getting sure uh my expectations still were not high though um the second time around i i I feel like the nicest thing i could say about it is it's just it's a b mob movie it's not a classic you know i mean by no but i wasn't expecting goodfellas i wasn't expecting the godfather or casino Mm. you know i i just think it's a it's a b movie and I'm able to separate it from Sopranos. It's 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 completely, I, even though the references are a little much, it's completely separate from the Sopranos. Nothing nothing about. If anything, it should make you appreciate Sopranos more for how good Sopranos was. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and uh, there were some great performances. You mentioned a couple of the bad ones. Uh, I thought the MVP was probably Vera Farmiga playing Livia. I thought she was really good. Excellent. Yeah, she was. And there, I got there, there, there were good moments in the show, in the movie. There were good moments, but that's about it. It was so convoluted. And I, and I got to give credit to uh, Corey Stoll, too, because, I, I mean, I'm not saying Livia is easy to play or some of the, you know, Silvio you touched on. I'm not saying, like, some of these characters are easy to play. But I feel like Junior like seems like an impossible character to replicate, and mm. I thought he did a really good job, like with the voice, like just being able to get the voice down and just like the mannerisms, like the way he carried himself as kind of like a pathetic loser, which is <laughs> kind of what, which is kind of what 
you know, Junior is. Like, he's the butt of the jokes. He's not, you know, a, a respected – he's not – you know, he's, he's living in Johnny Boy's shadow. He's, like, just, like, almost, like, held on to his belt loop. Like, the only reason you're here is because of your brother. Like, I, I felt like the way he carried himself, like, and the way he was just – he had, like, the cadence down of Junior. I got to give that guy credit because, to me, like, Junior is – I mean, that's a tough character to yeah. pull off, you yeah. know. So, I give – I tip my cat. He did a, he did a nice job. So obviously that was like the big reveal was Junior, the Junior Dickey thing. Um, Do you have a problem with that? Do you, would you have liked to have seen it played out differently? I didn't need to know who whacked. I'm sure, I wonder what the reason is, but like I like that whole thing being a mystery. Um, really, it, kind of, it really complicates everything now, which I guess not in a, in a bad way if you want to analyze it. Um, Junior having killed Dickey, we still don't know why – Christopher killed that cop uh, in, the, in the show, The Sopranos. Um, obviously, Tony didn't know that Junior did it. You would um, think. I think the question now is, and you're never going to have this answered, so it's all just up for discussion, you know, is did Tony – I don't think Tony knows that Junior had Dickie whacked, but – does Tony know his story is full of shit? Is that about the cop? Like, is that is that a calculated move by Tony just to get Chris's allegiance, or does Tony actually think that this guy had something? That could have been a story of all people. It could have been Junior that told Tony years ago that this is the guy. Well, it's possible. I think it's more likely that Tony's full of shit, but it's it's possible that that cop was the guy who did the hit because there's no way Junior calls the hit from inside the family on Dickie. Right, because Dickie was well yeah. respected, unlike Junior. Right. It can't be traced back to. It can't be traced back to Junior. Yeah, right. So, so that's gotta, why, like, there's no way anybody knows that Junior did it inside the family. Right. So it could still be. It could still be. Uh oh. It could. It could still be the cop. What? That was me. Uh oh, is right. We got a frozen. You're frozen. Screen here. You're you're frozen. I'm good. I'm moving. Are you doing all right? You all right, Spider? Oh. Well, Ant's, Ant's frozen. He's staring into the abyss. All right, we're back. We just had a little technical difficulty. No problem. We're professionals. Handled it back in business. Um, we were just talking about um, the, uh, the Dickie Molisani murder and the, how the junior thing kind of complicates it and whether or not Tony's completely full of shit or what. And again, just kind of complicates things, even though it kind of answers one question, it just opens up the door for a million other questions. So he might know it was the cop, but um, might not know the connection to junior, or he might just have needed that cop dead for some reason and kind of used it to uh, get the guy dead and also get in Chris's good graces. Um, that's my guess. Tony needed that guy dead for a reason, and he, you know, two birds, one stone. Yeah. Cop dead. Christopher kind of indebted to him forever. Yeah. Prove his loyalty, allegiance. Yeah. That's, that's my guess. And I, I'll tell you, the junior, you know, ordering the hit on uh, Dickie, mm -hmm. it is on brand with junior. And he did have try and have Tony killed. Yeah, so, that's true. And you know Junior's what? Junior's a pretty vindictive, cold prick. 
There, there was, I, I looked for it more the second time around, but there are more little moments of Junior kind of giving Dickie the eye uh, throughout. It's not just the fall at the funeral that they did. There's a lot of other little tiny moments that um, if you're not really, if you don't know what you're looking for, you might, you might have missed them. I noticed them first time, but I didn't make the connection for whatever reason. I, you know, I was, maybe my disappointment kind of clouded my, my memory, but um, there were little moments throughout where Dickie, you could tell Dickie was kind of, or where Junior was kind of getting fed up with Dickie. Yeah. But I guess the fall was uh, the straw that broke Junior's back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the way it seems. And uh, yeah. I, and again, I thought Corey Soul did a nice job because Junior, tough character to play. And uh, he really captures what Junior was. Because when The Sopranos starts, when the TV show starts, I mean, Junior is this older, uh, you know, older mob guy that's been around forever. But you even see it then. Like, everyone respects Tony more than Junior. And yeah. Junior's been around forever. Like, Junior's yeah. just, you know, he's kind of pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I think you see that, like, you know, 30 years prior. He, he was always kind of like that. He sees the same thing in 1999 when the show starts. So <laughs> kind of a loser. Kind of a loser. Just like yeah. wants to be more, you know, like Walnuts, like Walnuts in a sense, like kind of knows what he is. Yeah. You know, t- t- Paul doesn't has no aspirations to be number one, to be the guy, whereas Junior seems to be very power hungry he thinks it belongs to him he right like his birthright yeah right but i don't think he realizes like how big of an idiot he is <laughs> why he why he shouldn't be you know the number the number one he said he had some good moments as like uh a background guy kind of helping tony out though leadership roles kind of gave him some good advice from time to time i mean the whole yeah well, he was around forever yeah gave him the, he gave him richie i mean before janice Gave him Richie. Right. True. That's one thing I got about the movie that I really thought was unnecessary was, I mean, you didn't, like, I understand like Paulie had to be there because he, he's, he is an older guy. He's got to be in there some, in some capacity. Paulie had to be there. I'd put, there's no reason to have Puss and Sill there though. To me, like, Sill grew up with Tony to me. And like they, that's the way it seems. Yeah, I don't know. Like in real life, I know Steven Van Zant is older than Tony. Yeah. So I always matter. thought. Yeah, I know, but I always thought like Sill was a little older. But don't they talk about in the show? Don't they talk about? Um, I think Ralphie tells a story of the the Fichelmana thing. Isn't right. It we Syl? had our own little crew. He says. But isn't it Sill and Jackie Jr. and Tony and him? Right, which doesn't really line up with right. why would what Sil- happened in the movie. Yeah, why would Sill, a guy who's knocking off trucks and ordering people, basically order, ordering people around in the warehouse, why is he running, why, why does he want to knock off Feech Lamana's card game? Like, it didn't work that way. Then what, and Sill would be, if anything, Sill would be you know, kind of in line to be a, a boss or whatever. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, I know Sill is his concierge, but... Uh, I don't know. He's you know he's also night. He's a nightclub guy, I and mean, that's he's doing his own thing while also kind of dabbling in the life. I mean, he's when he's ingrained in the life, but I mean here it makes him look like he was like a lifelong gangster. 
Yeah, I don't know. I found it kind of odd. Yeah, honestly. The way they use Sill. They could have they nitpicked. It really should have been, to me, should have been like Junior, Johnny Boy. Then you had to have Poi there, like I said, in some capacity. But, I mean, you have room for like Beach, Beach Lamana. You have room for guys, guys, guys um, like that and just have new guys kind of come in uh, that we had not heard of before, create new characters, new stories, new guys. I read somewhere that uh, Joey Diaz's character, Buddha, yeah, that was supposed to be Pussy's father. Really? Is that right? That's I what I know. read. I don't know how much truth there is to it. I'm not, I don't remember the source exactly. Uh, so I don't know if that's accurate or not. Did you, did you like them recreating the scene from the carnival? You think that was that just did, another case of... Uh, that didn't bother me. I, you know what? I think... That would have been, um, you know, I think it was misused because the, the whole point of Johnny Boy going away was that way Tony would get closer to Dickie. And they, they kind of touch on it, you know, when, like, Dickie was to talk to him, that scene we talked about before. Yeah. But that was really it. And then that, that was one of those scenes where Livy was like, you don't talk to him, Junior. You just confuse him. He only listens to Dickie. And I was like one of those little scenes like where Junior maybe felt slighted. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, – yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all. No. That, I mean, but, you know, as a Spanish fan, that was one of those things. It's funny because those flashbacks, it feels like there's always different actors in them anyway. Yeah. You see, when you see them in the show, it's like, you know, it's kind of pulled from Tony's memory and recreated however – with whoever actors they could fit, they could find, right? So it was never like, I don't know, a holy ground of Sopranos. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind them recreating it, but it was one of those, one of those shots. As soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> oh right, right, you know? of course. Um, Do you think they they uh, would you have liked to have seen more of like Dickie Tony, like what kind of an influence? Yeah, it was I, not, or do you think they kind of glossed over it? I feel like they did gloss over it. I feel like it was really rushed, the movie. Like, really put together quick and rushed through. Didn't take their time enough. And, like, we see Tony with Dickie when he's, like, young, young, young Tony. Like, mm-hmm. two or three times. And it's just, like, he sees, like, Dickie yelling at his father's funeral. Uh, he, it's, like, at the car and Dickie's yelling at him because, you know, <laughs> uh, Hollywood Dick is dead in the car. Yeah. And it's, like, that's it. Like, that, that's, that's all this is. It's, like... I, I'm not sure if we were supposed to assume a lot of versus go in there and kind of assume a lot of things because, you know, because we have been watching the show nonstop for 14 years, 20 years, whatever. Um, I'm not sure if, like I said, I went in with the expectation that it would be all completely new shit, uh, totally separate from that world. And I think you have to go in there knowing as much Sopranos information as you can. Right, so I'll get back to that in a second. But you wanted more like intimate moments between Tony and Dick. Um, I, mm, yeah. Well, if they're gonna have that relationship there, I, they should have touched on it a little more than just like a conversation on a bed or here's my arm around him at the father's homecoming. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And then right, also, so I, I'll, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You're still going. Sorry. 
No, this is like going back to your other point, but we could circle back. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Going back to your point about like you needed to know the show. Yeah. You assumed, because I, I assume this too, that someone who had never seen The Sopranos could just jump in and just enjoy a mob movie. So you, so you think there were so many Sopranos references that like a lot of this stuff will kind of go over people's heads who have never seen the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a big inside joke. To me, it was like one big inside joke to Sopranos fans or in that to that world or whatever. I don't know exactly. That would actually be – I would like to talk to somebody. I don't know how many people – why you'd go see the movie if you haven't seen Sopranos, but I would like to see how the movie plays to people who have never seen the show. Like I like I watch better. Like are they going to be confused by shit or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like I love like Better Called Saul. Better Call Saul, and I know there's references to Breaking Bad. Now I don't know Breaking Bad like I know The Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, but those references are always kind of they're fun throw-ins. They're not. They don't take over. They're subtle. A more subtle. They're a lot more subtle. Yeah, and I and not all the time. There's some that are you know more they're more egregious than others, but. Um, I think that's I think that's the kind of TV that Vince Gilligan makes is for his fans. He wants to please his fans, but I don't think it ever takes away from the story. Whereas I think this was, like I said, they just couldn't get enough of the references. They really couldn't get away from them. References were a little much. I admit that. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen a few, a few less references. Um, yeah, I'm just I, I'm just gonna treat it as it's just a uh, and it's the B mob movie. Like it's just you know it's not a classic, but I mean I'll rewatch it. I, I think it's got rewatchability. Uh, yeah, I I wonder how when it when it comes back. So it's gonna be HBO Max at the end of the month, and I'll watch it at least once more. I, I'm sure because my wife wants to watch it again, mm-hmm. so I'll watch it at least once more. Uh, before then, so that's a total of three. I'll be curious after it sits for a little while when it comes back for good, how readily I'll I'll be watching it. Like this is not like you know me. I got a huge DVD collection. I have no intention of buying this DVD. Okay. Um. But I wonder if I wonder if you know letting it sit for a little while if I'll the heart will grow fonder for it or. It'll just kind of fade away. Uh, uh, I don't know. Right now, it doesn't seem like it's got an uphill climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and watch it at least in a time. And again, like it, this movie really didn't know what it wanted to do. It's supposed to be a Dickie Moldasani movie, and then it ends with the close up of Tony and. Christopher saying that's the guy with the hell for Tony Soprano. <laughs> it was you made a point to say this is not a this is not a Tony Soprano movie. This is not a Soprano. This is Dickie Moldasani story, but it ends with the Tony Soprano thing. And it seems like if you if you want to do the like quote unquote origin story, just do the origin story. If you want to do the Dickie story, do do the Dickie story. If you want to do both, you got to take you got to take a little more time and kind of. Do a do either a longer movie where you can meld them both together a little more seamlessly, or do two different movies or something. I, I don't know, but I mean that wasn't. It was just a to me. It was a mess. It was just too much. Too much. 
too little time and too many references kind of clouding the waters. Right, because I, I, I mean, I, I agree with their approach of making it a Dickie Moltisanti movie because making it a Tony Soprano movie, talk about not being able to replicate Junior. Like, I don't think yeah. you could you can't replicate Tony. No, the, the kid did this fine. Is... The kid did fine and left you wanting more, but that's perfect. Cause you didn't need, you didn't need more. You didn't need two hours of Tony Soprano. Right, 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 right. But the fact that he was as good as he was and you, you wished you saw more of him on screen, which like the, which means his part was perfect because it, you know, it was just enough to give you the taste of what the kid can do. Um, you felt great that it was him doing it, you know, as, you know, as James Gandolf being his son reprising yeah. the role of Tony. Um, that, that clicked that clicked all the boxes as far as what he, what you could do with that role. Um, but it, it turned I, again. It didn't know if it was a Dicky story or a Tony story or a Sopranos, uh, you know, fan fiction or what. I really, I, I, I didn't think it knew what it was doing. Yeah, I hear you. I understand your point about maybe you needed a few less characters and you needed to just develop the ones that, the important ones, like the Johnny Boys and the Juniors and, you know, yeah. kind of no need to see, like, Silvio and Pussy. Like, I, I get that. But even, um, like, even, like, Dickie with, like, the two – so he kills his father, he kills his Gumad, and I, I mean – it was so out of no. I feel like both of them were out of the blue. I mean, I guess like the, with the Gumad, at least you kind of knew something was coming because she had fucked around on him, and it was a rival gangster. And I kind of had a feeling once she dropped it. I kind of feeling once she was on top of the guy that this is not going to end good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, he knew she was going to. She, you know, how it was going to go down. And then the thing went with his father just came out of nowhere. And where like, I get like okay, he beat his beat his father up. Then he said like he married sluts. But there was like, it it goes from like one thing from getting to a little fight with the guy because he said something nasty about your mom, to murdering him like in your driveway. <laughs> like, it was just escalated way too quickly for my to, like my believability scale. It still is pops. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very odd. And I know it's like, you know, Chase and Freud and, like you know, did, you know do you want to fuck his mother? That kind, you know, that kind of shit. Now it's his stepmother. And there's a whole little plan. The, oh, what he said, motherfucker. She was like, I like it. I like that word. Of course, like, she's technically his stepmom. So it's like a whole Yeah. Thing. I know Chase kind of creams his pants for that kind of stuff. But, man, I, I'm a guy who will defend almost everything the TV show The Sopranos did. So for me to come out like this, I, I'm surprised at myself because I think the show was so good, though. That's the problem. But no, but again, I'm. Uh, yeah, you know what? And maybe, maybe if it had been just like a B-level gangster movie without the overt Sopranos um, references, maybe I would feel a little better about it. But because it did such a bad job of kind of hiding its, the references um, are what bothers you the most. I could tell, like the over. The just all the inside jokes and it was too cute. That's your main. That's your biggest gripe. I the story itself wasn't great either. But again, I think a lot of it's because it was rushed. Would you have liked to have seen more of like the Newark stuff, the the riots and like the racial tensions, and try and work that into the story more? 
I mean, if it, if it was like a mob movie, yeah. If it was like made like something to do with the mafia and why, you know, why that relates to them, yeah, for sure. Right. So the Sopranos references bother you. And, I, and if, if, if like someone asked you what the movie was about, you'd have a hard time telling them. Because it's because it's a little yeah. all over the place. Yeah, I'm not sure the point of the movie. To be honest with you, like, why make this movie? Why make this movie? Is the point to show you how Tony ended up in that lifestyle? Then it's not really a Dicky Montesanti story, I guess. But and even that, I don't quite get. Even that, if that's how it happened, I don't quite understand. Like he was ready to give, like he's. I don't want to be part of that life, because uh, I don't know. You you know, got into an argument with his uncle, and then his uncle gets murdered because of that life, and he wants in that life. I don't understand. Like, wouldn't the guy getting killed make you want to be even in that life less? I don't understand. I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I was a little perplexed by that too. I guess. What was the pinky swear thing? Like what? They had a pinky swear earlier in the movie. Yeah, which I thought was really, yeah, pinky swear. What was the pinky swear about? Um, like when, when he Dick, talks to him in his room. Yeah, when Dickie talked to him, made him like pinky swear you try in school or something like that. I forget what exactly. Yeah, joining the mafia is not trying in school. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. All right, if you're listening, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I'd be interested to go back and see what it was he's pinky swearing at that point I don't know I wasn't to Avengers death I know that much no um, but yeah it's a really weird turnaround the guy just doesn't make sense like he's throwing the stolen speakers out the window one minute and uh, next thing he wants to go on a murderous rampage to I don't get it I don't get it yeah but yeah I'll be interested to see what other people think um, I'm sure I've read some things and I mean, basically what I expected, it's very mixed, which it could have been the greatest movie ever made. You would, it would have been mixed and it could have been the biggest piece of crap ever. And it would have been mixed. So that's no surprise. Yeah. I got, I have, um, three friends, two who I trust their respect, their opinion. One's one who I don't, uh, two of them, <laughs> none of them liked it. So, <laughs> the ones you respect and two of them are the guy the, uh, uh, Clark you talked to him about it yeah he, like, he hated it did not he's I think he's the most he's the angriest I think of everybody <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know me I'm not as angry about it I, I, the only thing I could think of is because my expectations were so you know low. I, th- I think that's why I am angry about it though because my expectations weren't high originally i got excited for it yeah but my expectations weren't high for it but again i thought it was gonna be totally separate from sopranos like i thought i didn't think he would give you anything sopranos wise in there so you're mad that you you're mad that your bar wasn't low enough (laughs) maybe maybe like how dare you not at least reach my why was it I, See, guess, I didn't even want a movie to begin with. Like that's the thing. So yeah, there's no need for it. There's no reason for it. Yeah. But once they start going with it, of course you got to watch it. What are you gonna do? But again, like I said, they they it was always talked about as not a Sopranos 
not a Sopranos thing, just a, you know, a, a gangster movie from that era in Newark. Something that you wouldn't have to be a Sopranos fan to watch. And it felt like that's exactly what you needed to be. Yeah. To watch. Yeah, I agree with that. That part, I agree, is a little off about it. That, that bothered me. So maybe that's what bothered me, was that it wasn't at all what they said they were going to do. And I, and I do feel like they, they didn't develop the characters yeah. enough. They kind of just relied on their, you knowing their backstory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's all those years of writing TV from Chase. He kind of... Movie's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. Because if you look at, like, uh, you know, use Scorsese as an example, he has a lot of characters in his movies, but there's only, there's like, you know, only like a handful, three or four maybe, that there are that are focal points mm-hmm. and that he really develops. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the point of most of those movies. I mean, like Casino, it's the, you know, the three of them and uh, Goodfellas, it's like maybe four of them, you know, with Karen and Henry and uh, Jimmy and Tommy. Then like, you know, Gangs in New York, it's Dan Day-Lewis and DiCaprio, and then Cameron Diaz. Taxi Driver is Travis Pickle. Yeah. Like you could argue that they did it, that he did a better job of giving you the backstory of uh, the Harold, the black guy. Harold was his name? Harold yeah. McBride? Yeah. Like he gave him more of a little bit of a backstory than he did Dickie, who's the movie supposed to be about. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I didn't really like Dickie. Like Dickie to me wasn't believable. That's like a guy from Italian guy from Newark in the sixties. I didn't. I didn't. Well, we didn't even touch on this part. I didn't picture Christopher's father like that at all. I think I told you this off when yeah. we weren't recording. I pictured him as being like a Henry Hill type, like some sleazy yeah. wannabe, yeah. like you know, just kind of clinging to the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then they show him in this movie, and he's like very well respected. He's even like seems like he's above Johnny Boy. Like he's really well respected by these guys. He's only he's running the numbers. Yeah. He's sitting at the desk, you know, that final scene when they're when they're getting the TV trays. Like he seems like he's the guy. I don't know his exact title. Was he a captain or whatever? But he seems like he's like the most well respected guy in that crew. Yeah. Not at all how I pictured Dickie. And I told you, like, the whole rumor that went around after he was dead about him being a junkie. Mm-hmm seems like that I don't know if that was started because they found the pills in his pocket but yeah, yeah. it seems like that was definitely who knows cuz Livia mentioned it at the wake like you know she has a big mouth maybe she started the rumor. I'm sure yeah no yeah I'm sure she did I'm sure that's part of it I'm sure it's part of it but then my question is why have those two scenes where he's drinking out of a flask on his own why bother putting those in the movie that has nothing to do with him being an alcoholic like <laughs> All I'm saying is, if that's if that was the, the you know, <laughs> no, I what know, they I mean, were talking, about, like it's he he seemed fine to me. Yeah, no, I know, and like we talked about, like yeah, who hasn't snuck away? But if you're doing it in a movie, there should be a point to why you're doing it. Because he doesn't he take some uh, nip, like a at his desk too? Doesn't he take a sip out of a flask or a pint or something too? Christmas though. Doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> he, he seemed like he had everything, like, for, a, I mean, he was a bad guy, a couple murders that we saw on screen. Uh, you know, drowning his guma, not, not great. So, he, yeah, this, he was an animal, but 
not uh, not like the out of control sleaze bag that I thought. And like I said, I thought he was going to be like some wannabe, like yeah. kind of how Christopher was. Like Christopher at the beginning of it is, you know, he's not quite. I mean, he is. He's a wannabe uh, that was kind of like born into the lifestyle, but mm-hmm. like. I did not picture his father being like this well-respected, mm-hmm. you know, I knew he was larger than life to Tony. Yeah. It was me. But like, I thought Tony's just a dumb kid. So he, yeah. you, you, know, you always <laughs> yeah. worship your uncle. You always worship the guy who's like driving you around and buying yeah. you ice cream or whatever. He, if, yeah. If he really was that well, if he was like large life to Tony, he would have gotten that fucking rolling rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't mean, have to be rolling rock. Oh, the hell that grudge for a long Forgot time. Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, he did die young and he was cool, but he did hang up the phone and answer the beer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just listen, I thought there'd be some drugs involved. I'll say it. Like I I expected a scene to see him like shooting up or something. Yeah. Kind of like a callback to Christopher. That would have made sense as like a subtle callback if you see him shooting up. Yeah, or you, yeah, taking pills or doing coke or whatever. Doing coke, know. yeah, something like that. Even smoking a joint. I don't even think he smoked pot. Yeah. This guy was like yeah. a teetotaler, I think. <laughs> Take a drink here and there around the holidays, family parties. It seems like this is your average social drinker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where the movie's going to gonna stand with me, like, going forward. I know I don't love it. But at the same time, like it has a great soundtrack. There are some fun moments in there. Uh, like I really think it wasn't wasn't really off the rails until uh, Ray Liotta gets killed. <laughs> and then yeah, that was, yeah. And then it's like, what the fuck? Oh, that is one thing I didn't like Liotta playing two parts. That was like the, the first thing that happened where I was like, because you knew you had a scene in the trailer that. Oh, the prison visit, yeah. The prison visit. So I'm like, wait a minute, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, they did a little okie doke on you, but no. Get two. You got to get two actors. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So like in my in my search for like meaning in this movie, I was uh, in my mind, I'm like, oh, was that guy even real? Because you know, so they do the Christopher voiceover, and he's monotone, he's emotionless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What, he sees Leota in jail, and he's monotone. He's emotionless. And well, those were supposed; those visits were supposed to mirror Tony and Melfi, right? I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. There, those are like the Tony Melfi scenes, and then plus, like the guidance counselor scene was another one. Uh, Tony Melfi was that a callback to something? Did Livia mention at a dinner one time? About him stealing the geometry answers or something? Oh, I don't remember. Maybe. Uh, it it's could have possible. Been. Yeah. Yeah. But I, they do, of course, they, they do the IQ, which uh, I took an IQ test. That was mentioned in the show. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't help themselves. Everything was fucking mentioned. That was, was thing, a lot mentioned. With the thing like with uh with the where he where Johnny Boy shoots her in the hair. Like I didn't even see it coming because they mentioned Tony uh, Blondetto in that scene. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, where is Tony B? I'm like, they're supposed to be best friends. I wonder if he's gonna and then bang, and I'm like, oh shit, it's this oh, it's this scene from that fucking story that that Tony told on Janice told on vacation. 
I kind of saw that coming. I don't know why, but I saw it coming. Yeah, no. Who, I, wait, how did Janice know the story? I don't know how she heard. Aunt Joanne? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it, there is, like, some draws that take me back to that. Oh, so let me go back to, uh, like, I wonder if that Uncle Sal, Uncle Sally, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's real. Or if he's, like, a figment of his imagination, which makes me want to question whether Dickie Molisani actually coached a blind softball team or not, blind baseball team or not. Because my friend said it, Tony D said it the best, like, that is a bizarre way to say this guy's really a good guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Very strange thing. And this little cutaway scene. And if you look back on it, that scene seems dreamlike. And then it's very odd. And then it and then it cuts back to the to the jail and he and he's there by himself. Dickie's there by himself. And there's nobody else there. But that's not the last time he's there. He goes again after he kills his gumad. And uh and Ray Liotta kind of calls him out. He's like, Oh, the tragedy in your life, your father, now you're Gumad. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And it seems like he kind of knows a little bit, you know? Right. But I wonder if that's like his, I don't know, his conscious. He's talking to his conscious. It happens he comes back like his father, but he can't acknowledge. I don't know. I have no right. idea. Seems very odd. But of course, I think it's also Leota. Like, okay, Hollywood Dick is a lunatic, plays him like that. He's got the laugh going and the Sinatra store, the Sinatra D. Martin store, and he's laughing his balls off. Telling about the hanger douchebag in the in the uh <laughs> in the shower. It's a hell of a reason yeah. to be honest. That's how, that's how you know the honeymoon's over. <laughs> uh, she starts hanging her douche. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he's going. Then he goes back. Then the second guy, the brother, who's been away in jail since he was twenty-five. Oh yeah, and his story is like he was. A, his story seems interesting. He was twenty-five. He killed a maid guy. He belongs there. So, right? Isn't that basically what Dickie did? He killed a maid guy. Doesn't he belong somewhere? If he killed a maid guy, wouldn't he have gotten whacked though? Yeah, but he covered it up. The maid looked like it happened in the riots. No, I'm saying the the, oh, the, uncle, the, oh, the uncle. uncle. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe Hollywood. I don't know. Hollywood Dick saved his brother. I have no idea. That's a good point, though. Yeah, you killed me, guy. How come you're still alive? The more we talk, the more we're just poking holes in the story. I mean, this is what we did for 14 years with The Sopranos, and like you could find a hole here and there, but these are like. Yeah, I mean, if it was, if it was to me, if it was a little better, I, would, I wouldn't care about the holes, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, there's holes in every, you know, everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can find holes in Goodfellas, The Godfather, if you wanted yeah. to. I mean, yeah, but you overlook you know. them because of the quality of them. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't know where it's going to stand for me. I don't know. Like we talk about rewatching and popping it on, and if I put it on, why will I be watching it? But I think soundtrack was great. It does have those little moments, like the moment before he kills Gumad, like they're driving up and Van Morrison's playing, which obviously is a callback Sopranos. Um, 
a lot of good little musical moments. I mean, like the shootout was cool. That the actual little mob stuff there was kind of cool. Um, so I I don't know when I revisit it, not to like experience it again. Like now now I'm doing it because it's new and I want to experience it to kind of get up my full grasp on it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what uh, in the long run. I don't know where it's gonna land for me. Like why I would go back to revisit it. I'm not sure. Why would I not just watch, you know, season two? The sh- yeah, the show. Yeah, that's the problem though. See, that's where the show being so good is just. They could have made a movie that I, that you'd want to go back to watch though. No, I'm not. I'm not like defending it. I'm just saying that it's tough. Tough to me- measure up with the show. It was. It was always going to fall short. It's just it felt. If anything, like David Chase really like just missed making the show and missed those characters. And you know what? Instead of fucking bitching about it back then, he just kept going, kept making them. I guess, although Tony, yeah. I guess Gandolfini didn't really want to keep doing it. Yeah, Gandolfini was burnt out. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think he just missed those characters. Maybe. Could be. And so do we. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're still talking about it all these years later. Uh, all right. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything else? Anything else I didn't touch on with this one? Yeah, I did. That's it. Scene by scene. That's it. I've been I've been sweating out this fantasy matchup. I'm gonna have to sweat out a stat correction this week, probably. What do you need? Well, I'm up point one. Who does he have? Eckler, who has just done whatever he wanted tonight. Oh, yeah. You might be in some trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, fuck Eckler. Fuck you, fuck Eckler. (laughs) Who's Eckler? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. David Chase did show up in the movie. Did you notice that second time around? I didn't. I forgot to look for it. What scene was it? He's at Joey Diaz's funeral. When 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 they all go to the back. And uh, they kind of usher him in, and I think he's the—I think he plays Eckley, the boss. Eckley, the boss who's in jail to start. Who's in jail? Right, right, yep. And um, because somebody—I think somebody says like this way, boss, or watch your step, boss, something like that. All right. But um, yeah, real real quick, he just pops in there. So, all right. No, I think we touched everything. All right. Now we might be in the tank. Yeah. All right. I'll get this out. Send it along. Have a good one, my man. All right. Later. That's it.